Welcome to London Riverside Church Podcast. We hope you've had a great day. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Good morning, everybody. It is so great to get to be here with you today as we continue our series, Best Life Now. And we're continuing in the book of Philippians. Last week, if you missed Ade's sermon, then I really encourage you to check it out online so you can see what we learned with the beginning of chapter one. And today we're continuing in chapter one. And we really want to encourage you that if you've not read Philippians before, why don't you use this as an opportunity to read it? If you have read it before, then why don't you really choose over the next couple of weeks to study it with us and try and understand some fresh revelations from Jesus as you read it. But we're continuing today in the book of Philippians, chapter 1, and we want to start in verse 12. Paul tells us, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Now, what's going on for Paul at the moment is that he has been in prison, and he keeps getting put in prison for believing in Jesus and for telling people about Jesus, but he knows that despite the fact he's in prison, that he is living his best life. (laughs) And that's a bit confusing, I think, to think about somebody that's living in prison and uh, they know why they're there. And I think that's why he knew he was living his best life, even though he was in prison, because he was in prison getting to tell people about Jesus. And the Bible was being spread. The words of Jesus, the good news was being spread because he was in prison. And so Paul recognized that he could live his best life now, even though he kept being put in prison. And I think if Paul could live his best life, then we too can be living our best life. Because I think you would agree that we are probably living a better life than what Paul was on the surface. But are we living our best life? I think one thing I want to delve into today is that Paul was living his best life because he was living a purposeful life. Maybe you can have some um, revelation of this today. Maybe you need to find your purpose. Or maybe you've known your purpose for a while, but maybe it's not really outworking itself at the moment. And I wonder if you, like Paul, can say, I'm living my best life. I know that what I'm doing is purposeful because I know why I'm doing it. It doesn't matter really what circumstances he found himself in. It doesn't matter how he got there. But the why was what was important. Paul knew why he was there. He was there to advance the gospel. And we can live our best life now when we know that we are living a purposeful life. The verse that we're going to focus on today is Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, that says, For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. To live is Christ, and to die is gain. Paul could say this with such a conviction because he knew it was true in his life. That for him to live was Christ and to die was gain. And this is the verse that we're focusing on today because I wonder if we can fully, truly say that for us to live is Christ and to die is gain. When we're living for Christ, we recognize that our life is from Christ. So why would we not want to live it for Christ? And when we try to make this decision in our own life, we realize that it's not a partial decision. So for me, when I look at my life, I kind of see it like a bit of a bunch of uh, tangled fairy lights. (laughs) 
Now, bear with me on this one. When I look at my life, it's a bit kind of messy, and I don't know if you would agree that your life maybe looks a bit like mine. It's not simple. It's messy. It's tangled up. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on in here. There's my hopes and my dreams, my past mistakes, my sin, my insecurity. There's all this stuff going on in my life. And when I look at my life, I don't just want to give parts of it to God. When we say to live is Christ, we're not saying that to live is, okay, we're going to give God this little bit. We're saying that we're going to give him our whole life. To live is Christ. It's not a partial decision. We're not just going to say, all right, God, I'll give you a bit of my time or a bit of my energy or a bit of my finance or a bit of my love. We're saying to God, God, to live is Christ. That's my whole life. It's not just a partial decision. When we decide that to live is Christ, we realize that it's not about me. When we say, okay, Jesus, I just want to give you my life. It's like we take our whole life and we just lay it at the feet of Jesus. And we say, God, I, I don't want my life to be about me anymore. To live is not about Abby. <laughs> to live is about Christ. And I want all the things that I do, all the things that I say, all the decisions that I make to be an outworking of the love that I feel for Jesus and the love that I have accepted that he feels for me. Sadly, because life is messy, it doesn't always outwork itself like that. <laughs> but that's what we try to do. We try to say, Jesus, it's all for you. I give you this mess <laughs> and it's all for you. And when we do that, Jesus gives us the desires of our heart. And sometimes this verse is really misconstrued. And we think that we are the ones that are making all these decisions. And that all the decisions that we make are, okay, Jesus is going to give me what I want in my heart. But actually, Jesus wants to give us what's in his heart. You know, we're not saved by ourselves. We can't give a perfect life to Jesus because we can't be perfect without Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It's a gift from God, not as a result of work, so that no one can boast. We can't boast about having a great life. We can't boast about living our best life now because it's not because of us that we have a great life. It's because of Jesus. And when we lay our life down for Jesus, it's like he takes our mess and he starts perfecting it for us. I'm not going to untangle the fairy lights because it takes a bit of a long time for me. But it's like Jesus takes our mess away from us and he outworks his will in us. And it's not by us that we've been saved. It's not by anything that we have done. But it is by what God has done for us. In Psalm chapter 5, verse 3, it says, Every morning I lay out the pieces of my life on your altar and watch for your fire to descend. That's what it says in the message version. And we lay out these pieces of our life 
in front of Jesus. And as we give all these pieces of our life to Jesus, he does something new in all of it. He does something new in all of it. We lay out these pieces of our life. Have you said to God, here you go, Jesus, here's my life. Take it, I want to do your will. When we pray the Father's prayer, we're saying not my will, but your will be done in every area of our life, every piece of our life. When we give our life to Jesus, it's not a partial decision, and we realize that it is not about me. Psalm chapter 37 verse 4 says, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. But he doesn't give you the desires that are already in your heart. He gives you new desires. He gives you the desires that are in his heart, and he places them in your heart. He looks at you and he has a plan for you. And he wants his desires to be outworked in you. So when you give your life to Jesus, you're saying, Jesus, here's my life. Your will be done. And Jesus looks at you and he says, right, I've got a plan for you with how you're going to spend your time. I've got a plan for you with how you're going to use your energy. I've got a plan for you of how you're going to spend your finances. And he gives us the desires of our heart. Not the desires that we already had that are coming to fruition, but the desires that he has, that he is placing in our heart. The most recent example I have of this for me is with the hostels. You probably have heard us speaking about it recently, where we've just been so burdened to meet the needs that are in some of our homeless hostels in the town. But that didn't start with us doing kids' programs there. That started in April 2020, when I was sat in bed in my happy place, and uh, Toller was sat in the living room playing FIFA in his happy place. And uh, I was sat there, and suddenly I had this memory of a family that we had helped years and years ago move out of a hostel and into a council flat. And I remember helping this family move out and just seeing how little they really had. And it really burdened me, because I thought, okay, lockdown is bad enough, for the rest of us. You know, we can't see the people we want to see and all these problems that we've all been having. How about for these families that are living in a room where they really don't have much? The kids must be so bored, it must be so difficult for the parents. And I just sat there and cried because <laughs> I was so burdened for these families that I didn't even know. But it was like Jesus just dropped this memory into my heart and made me just want to do something about it. So I was just sat in bed and I started going on Amazon and thinking, oh, we need to just get these kids some toys. We just need to do something. And I went into the living room and I was like, Tolua, what can we do? You know, can we buy this? Can we do that? Like, I just want to do something. And then we extended the appeal to the team, the Tenacious team. We said, right, guys, we're going to do something about this. We're going to buy these kids some toys. We're going to make some craft bags for them. We're going to just give them something to do just to help them in this really difficult time. And then that extended to the whole church, and we're still giving out these fun bags to families that we're helping. And we now have this opportunity that not many people get to do of going to run these programs for the families there and meeting a need. But the need is not just met now. It started to be met when Jesus dropped his desires into my heart of what it was that he wanted me to do. 
And that's not just what he wanted me to do. That's what he wants us to do as a church. And he's got his individual desires that he's dropping into your heart for you personally to do as well. And that's going to look different for all of us because we're all in different relationships, we're all in different families, we're all in different workplaces. We're all in very different settings. But Jesus is the same. And Jesus wants to drop his desires into your heart for what it is that he wants you to do, for what it is that he wants me to do. Because the more we do stuff for Jesus, the more we realize that it's not about us. Once we've made the decision to lay down our mess of fairy lights that we call life at the feet of Jesus, we make that decision. He drops his desires into our heart And then we get the opportunity to work it out in our deeds, in our actions. It goes from our decision to his desires, to our deeds, to our actions. And I think that when I look at my life, I realize that years and years ago when I was a young person, I was at youth camp and I was singing, yes, Jesus, I give my life to you. It seems so easy to sing and to pray at the time when things are going well. And then gradually along the way somewhere, things get a bit more difficult. But I never, ever am going to regret the decision that I made to lay down my life for Jesus. And I guarantee that if you lay down your life for Jesus, you will not regret it. And he's going to start dropping his desires into your heart. When you give your life to Jesus, it's not a partial decision. You realize that it's not about me. But also, it's not always easy. Sometimes you want to follow Jesus, but you don't always get the desires that you wanted. Sometimes you've got to really, really try and outwork your relationship with Jesus. Sometimes we're trying to love people and Jesus has to give us the love that we need to have for them. Sometimes we're trying to do stuff for Jesus and Jesus has to give us some energy to do the stuff that we need to do for him. And sometimes we really don't want to do what it is that Jesus wants us to do and Jesus has to give us the will to do it for him. Recently, um, Tolo and I have been reading through the book of Exodus, and we were reading the book, of chap- uh, the book of Exodus chapter 19 on Sunday. And it's just before God is going to give Moses the Ten Commandments. And God wants all of the Israelites to know that when Moses comes down the mountain and says, this is the commandments that God wants us to follow, God wants the people to know that they are actually from him and that it's not Moses making them up himself. So he says to Moses in chapter 19 that he is going to bellow down his voice from the top of the mountain, tell Moses to come up the mountain and say it in front of everybody so that everyone can hear that God is actually there and it's actually God that is the one speaking. And that's when we get to Exodus chapter 19, verse 17. So if you want, you can read it along with me. It says, Moses led them out of the camp to meet with God. And they stood at the foot of the mountain. All of Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord had descended on it in the form of fire. The smoke billowed into the sky like smoke from a brick kiln, and the whole mountain shook violently. As the blast of the ram's horn grew louder and louder, Moses um, spoke, and God thundered his reply. The Lord came down on the top of Mount Sinai and called Moses to the top of the mountain. So Moses climbed the mountain. When we were reading that through, I must admit, last Sunday I was really tired when we were reading that. <laughs> but that phrase at the end really stood out to me. 
is so simple. It just says, so Moses climbed up the mountain. But let's just backtrack here because there's smoke billowing from the mountain. The mountain is physically shaking. God is telling Moses to come up the mountain. And I wonder how many of us would be looking at the mountain thinking, um, yeah, don't think so, <laughs> thanks. But Moses climbed the mountain. Sometimes when God asks us to do stuff, he's going to put our, des- our desires into our heart. It sounds great. Yeah, come up the mountain. And then we look at the mountain. <laughs> Can we say that we want our life to end how Moses did? Where it says, so Moses basically did what it was that God was asking him to do. So Moses climbed the mountain. You know, with mountains, scientifically speaking, and I'm not a scientist, but I did use Google, scientifically speaking, the higher you get up the mountain, the more you're going to feel the shake because the displacement of the mountain is amplified the closer you get to the top. So as Moses was climbing the mountain and he was doing what it was that God wanted him to do, it would have become harder and harder for him. And sometimes we lay our life down for Jesus and we say, Jesus, I want to do whatever it is you want me to do. Jesus gives us the desires of our heart. And then as we move towards the desires that God has given us, sometimes it gets harder and harder. But God does not want us to give up. He wants us to keep on going. He wants us to know that to live is Christ and to die is gain. That's a really interesting statement because the second half of the statement is only really true if the first half of the statement is true. To die is only gain if to live is Christ. To live is Christ and to die is gain. Philippians chapter 1 verse 27 says, Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. In a different book that Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, he speaks about your run. And he talks about, do you not realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. God wants us to run our race in life as though we're already citizens of heaven. If we know that to die is gain, that when we die, we're going to get to live with Jesus for eternity, then why don't we live for Christ? Because to live is Christ and to die is gain. And can we honestly say, like Paul did, that for me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. God wants us to keep on moving forward. He wants us to know what our purpose is. I wonder, what is your purpose? Has God ever dropped his desires into your heart? Do you know what it is that God wants you to do? And if you do, are you doing it? Are you working out your purpose that God has given to you? The truth is, is that we can all be saved. We can all make the decision to lay down our life for Jesus. We can all make the decision that as we're walking along in our journey of life, no matter how hard it is, that we're going to listen to the desires that Jesus is dropping into our hearts. 
God wants us to decide today that to live is Christ and to die is gain. God promises in Romans chapter 10 verse 9, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. When you've laid down your life for Jesus, you can know that to live is Christ and to die is gain. And what you do on the journey is up to you. But God wants us to live our life for him. When we recognize that our life is from Jesus, why would we not want to live it for Jesus? And if you're not sure what it is that God specifically desires for you to do, then why not have a Google of your own? <laughs> Look up some Bible verses about what it is that God requires of us or that God really wants us to do. Here's a couple of verses for you. John chapter 15, verse 12, Jesus said, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. That's a desire that Jesus has for all of us. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 16, do not forget to do good and share with others. If God hasn't specifically spoken to you or you haven't heard him speak to you about the desires or the purposes that he has for you, then just look at his word. <laughs> Because these desires are desires that he has for each and every one of us. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 27 says, Do not withhold good from those who it is due when it is in your power to act. God wants us to live today as citizens of heaven. He wants us to know with all of our heart that to live is Christ and to die is gain. We can't make any decisions after we've passed away we need to make the decisions now. We need to decide in our hearts today that we want our life to be all about Jesus. If Jesus is the Lord of your life and you've given him your heart and you've asked him to drop his desires into your heart, then that means that you can say that to live is Christ. And that means that you can say that to die is gain. Paul knew this with everything in him, with all of his heart, that he had given his life to Jesus. He knew that he could live his best life because he had a purposeful life. What is your purpose? What is your why? Jesus has a why, he has a reason, he has a purpose for every single one of us today. And if you're not sure what that purpose is, then I really encourage you this week, even as you read the book of Philippians, to pray and ask Jesus to reveal to you what it is that he wants you to do. I wonder if we can just stand together and I want us to pray today. And I specifically want to pray for anybody that wants to get to know Jesus that wants to know that to live is Christ. So you can say wholeheartedly that you're giving every piece of your life to him. That you don't just want to give a part of your life to Jesus, but you want to give your whole life to him. So why don't we just close our eyes today? And Jesus wants us to declare that he is the Lord. He wants us to declare with our mouths that Jesus is, is the Lord of our lives. And he wants to believe, he wants us to believe in our hearts that he died for us to forgive us our sins. And then he had the power to come back to life again and show us that there is life after death. 
And if you're here today and you want to know in your heart that to live is Christ and to die is gain, then I just want you to raise your hand just so we can see who we're praying for. And I want to pray for you today that for you in your life, to live is Christ and to die is gain. So if that's you, just raise your hand and I'm just going to pray for you, whether you're online or at home, I'm going to pray for you today. Jesus, I want to thank you so much that to live is Christ and to die is gain. I want to thank you so much, Lord Jesus, that you have a purpose for every single one of us. I thank you so much, God, that when we give our life to you, that you drop your purposes into our hearts. I pray for everybody that's here today, Lord God, that you're going to help us to know what it is that your purpose is for us specifically. And God, as we read your word, even as we read Philippians this week, please give us new revelations of who you are and what your purpose is for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you. That's all from us here on our London Riverside Church podcast. If there's anything you would like some more clarification on, you would like to take those next steps in your journey, then why not head over to our next steps page, londonriversidechurch.com forward slash next steps. We hope you have a fantastic week and stay blessed.